church family. As many of you know, here Only Believe, we have a nursing home ministry. This year, we were thinking maybe we could bless the residents with Christmas cards. Um, a way that we can do this is to get your whole family involved. You can make, uh, make cards, you can buy cards. We really don't care how you do it. Just be sure to include Jesus. What you're going to do is you're going to fill those out and you're going to drop them off at the Welcome Center. And if you have any questions, contact me or John and Marie Hall. Good morning, Only Believe Ministries. How you doing? How many of you are happy to be in the house of God this morning? Come on, let me hear it. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Hey, look to your neighbor. Give them a fist bump. Say you're glad they're here in church this morning. Um, I just want to thank you all for being here. It's great to see your faces again. Live streamers, thank you for live streaming, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, TV, whatever it is. Thank you. Drop something in the comments saying uh, you're thankful that you can watch from live stream and that you're in church. <clears throat> if you are a first time guest, there should be, normally you raise your hand and we'll like pass these things out, but because of COVID-19, um, we're trying to limit the contact with people. So there's something in the back of your pew and um, you can fill it out and we will contact you and you'll get something free from the cafe, whether it's food or drink, whatever you want. I know the cappuccinos are pretty good. I really recommend that. Or the donuts, okay? I'm not going to lie. I love getting me some of them donuts uh, early Sunday mornings and some coffee. Um, we have a few announcements. Okay, so a reminder, if you're not feeling well, it's nothing personal. Please just stay home. Um, that's required of us to say we don't want anyone um, spreading this disease around. We're just trying to keep it as low as possible. We all know God is in control, but we still need to do our due diligence and um, stay home. Second announcement for our Christmas card and nursing home ministry. We have a goal set out. Um, now that nursing homes, I know it's, it's tough for some of us. We can't go see our loved ones in the nursing homes um, due to the restrictions with this whole corona thing. So you can like see them through the window, and that's really tough. So our reach out group for the nursing 
home ministry is trying to make Christmas cards, and they're going to set them in a container, wait 24 hours so they're disinfected, and um, nothing harmful can come from them, and then they're going to hand them out. It's something to say, hey, we still love you, we miss you, um, we're going to be back to see you, and um, just something to encourage them. Our goal is 800. Right now, I think we're rounding Lori Hall. Where are you? I think we're rounding, is it 400? All right, we're getting close to halfway mark, so good job, Only Believe. We love that. Over Thanksgiving, write what you're thankful down or something. Make a couple cards with the family. We'd love to hit that 800 goal or more, you know? And um, last but not least, we have this new series in December, and it's called He Shall Be Called. We got these cute little thingies out in the foyer at the Welcome Center, okay? It's not that hard. It's a little, yeah, two-by-two-inch thing, and it's in the back of your pew, or on your seats, we really want to encourage you, invite someone to church. Like, this is going to be an absolutely wonderful series by Pastor Dosick. I'm super excited to hear it. He shall be called. Invite someone. I promise you're going to be blessed. It's going to bless them. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. So really reach out, find a friend who doesn't go to church. Shoot, I don't care if they do go to church. It's just going to be great to hear. And that's on Sunday mornings that series is going to start. And then I am super, super happy to um, get your all's attention to the water baptism up there with Brother Ed. We have a family that is getting baptized this morning. So, Good morning, church family. We have a wonderful baptism experience this morning. We have a mother and her two daughters. About a year ago, their father went to heaven, and they have all decided that they want to do this together, and they believe that their dad is watching. And they know that our Heavenly Father is watching, and he is very pleased. So we have, you want to stand up, please? This is Leilani. Leilani is 11. Her name in Hawaiian means flower from heaven. Sit back down. Then we have McKenna, who is 13, and mom, Anna. So we're going to baptize all three of them. You know, Jesus said before he left his disciples and went to heaven, that all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore teaching these things that I've shown you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. In water baptism, we are outwardly expressing our belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in baptism, we're symbolically buried with him and raised again. And these children and their mother are doing this with joy and excitement to show the world that they believe. Jesus died for them. Leilani, have you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Yes. One hand over your nose. Then by the authority of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Water's nice and warm today. Sure <laughs> Thank you, Brother Dave. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
And this is McKenna. McKenna, have you asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart? Yes, I have. Then by the authority of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Go, Mama. <laughs> Go ahead and sit down. Anna, have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. And by the authority of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.
worship, break through in my praise, break through when I live to glorify your name, break through when I dance, break through when I shout, you are the God, you are the God of the great.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. Offering time here at Only Believe Ministries. This is the time we get to give our tithes unto the Lord, amen, and bring them into the storehouse. Um, if this is, I know it's close to Thanksgiving and we're all anticipating and we've come with purpose in our heart to give in our Thanksgiving offering, but we're going to wait. We're going to do that at the end of our service um, and pastor's going to take that offering up. So hold your Thanksgiving offering. But right now I want to talk to you about your tithes that we bring into the storehouse. And I just want to remind you that here at Only Believe, we get to give. We don't feel like it's an obligation. We get to practice the things of the word and we take joy in doing and obeying what he asks us to do. Because when we obey, right, we know that faith takes action. So if we truly believe that God is our sole source and provider, then we will give according to what the word of God says, knowing that he is faithful to do and return what that word said. Amen? So it's an action of our faith to God in saying that we believe, God, you gave us everything that we have. Everything on earth is yours and the fullness within, but you've asked us to do right with it, right? So that's what we're going to do. So if you would, get your tithes and offering. If you need an envelope, they're in the back of the pew in front of you. You can do that. There's three ways to give here at Only Believe. You can text to give. You can give online or you can give this way, which we do with cash or check, however you'd like. So let's pray over our tithes and offerings today, all right? Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. And Father, we know that the word is true. And God, we thank you that we get to give into your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, and we join ourselves with the vision of this house. And God, we ask, Lord, that you would do exactly. We remind you of what your word says, God. You said, prove me this day. Father, we prove you. We're putting you to the test. We're putting your words to the test by giving our tithes with faith mixed with it. And God, we know that you won't won't let your word return void. And we thank you for it, God. And we bring our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse. Don't forget the missions globe in the middle is just for missions. That's not for your tithe. But if you want to see the gospel around the world, that's where you put it. All right, come bring your tithes and offerings. And then we're going to get into the word. Good morning, church, again. 
we have a special guest with us today. Now, you've been attending for about eight weeks in the church, is that right? And you came right when we started the Real Life, Real Change series, right? right? And I'm just going to give you a quick backstory. So after one of our services, this young lady came up to me and said, I'm struggling. Like, I hear everything you're saying, but you don't understand what I've been through. I've lost two adult children. As if I could afford to lose one, I've lost two. And you tell me that my life can be different, and I want to believe you, but right now, pretty much, I'm just giving up. And this had been how many years since your last child passing? Two years now. Two years. And you were caught in that moment of grief. I've been caught since 2004 when my son died. So first it was your son, and then it was your daughter. And you said that how could God love somebody and allow two children to be taken if he knew that that would break you? Right. How did you get through that? It broke me to my core. There wasn't, wasn't nothing left inside because it was a soul core break. And I talked to you about it, and I said, he's got to fix it. I'm doing my part. I'm coming to church. I broke through and made it here. So it was probably a week later, after or a week or two, after I started hearing your series on Real Life, Real Change, you said something about you can call him out on his promises. <laughs> well, I was a faithful Christian all along, believe it, gave my heart to God a long time ago. But the... The deaths of my kids just broke me. And so the darkness, I couldn't get out of it. It was there. And you said, well, let's pray and fast. And I was like, I can't even do that. It's okay. I fasted with you. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. So you did it for me that week. And then it was that following weekend. I had... Uh, Sometimes the grief just takes you over. You can't get away from it. It's just so overpowering. You just can't get out. And I went to bed that night, and I said, this is it. It's between you and me. I can't have anybody else help fix this but you. So I told him, I started calling him out on all his promises. You loved me. You told me you'd always keep me you told me you'd be there for me and it broke me you've broken me and I need you to fix this because if not I'm done today I'm done and you were going to take your life yeah I was done I couldn't bear it anymore I couldn't carry it anymore and the next morning after I prayed through that night there was a huge breakthrough I sat on the side of the bed, and for the first time, I caught myself smiling. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was sitting there, and I was like, okay, something's different. So then the rest of the week, I just felt lighter. It's like I, that total dark devastation that had covered me and enveloped me and took me away into a place I couldn't crawl out of. He lifted me back out of and I was just like, yes, dry bones rattling right here. I was like, yes, okay. Come on, you can stand up and give.
because a sister in our faith just decided to live. She just decided to keep pressing forward and put the devil in his place. Hallelujah. You never know who the person is sitting beside you. You never know their battle, their struggle. You never know what the enemy is attempting to use to destroy their life. I have a uh, young man that I'm thinking about in the congregation. He gave me a bullet one time, and he said, you know, I sat to take my life. And he said, and I put it to my head and I pulled the trigger. And the bullet never went off. Now, I wouldn't encourage you to do that to prove God, but this bullet had the stamp of the firing pin in it. You say, well, it was just a misfire. How many would you put up to your head thinking it was going to be a misfire? And, uh, you know, all types of stories like that are in ordinary people's lives. Ordinary people's lives. We sometimes forget that we are ordinary people in the middle of two kingdoms fighting for life and death. One to help us, one to bless us, one to prosper us, the other one to destroy us and lay us waste. Testimonies like that are just mind-boggling how people overcome and how people come back together in some way and live and touch other people's lives. Just, just amazing. But it is the truth that only he can. Only God can repair a broken life. Only God can right a sinner. Only God can make us whole. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, 
before we get in our message, I want to receive a Thanksgiving offering. Now, this is a month of Thanksgiving, and we are going to receive our Thanksgiving offering. And I take this out of Leviticus, the seventh chapter. And it's really from verse 3 on down, but I'm going to wrap it up kind of quickly in verse 15. And it tells us that there is a peace offering, and that peace offering can also be transformed into a thanksgiving offering. And I encourage people so many times that if you get a word from God or you get a revelation or something, that you mark it with a thanksgiving offering and that you seal that this is where my faith was that day. If God showed me something or direction to go or something of that nature, I usually offer up a thanksgiving offering. I say, God, I want to thank you for without wisdom, direction, the leading of your spirit, then God, I would not be where I am today. And so it's a, it's a voice of my faith, but it's also a voice of my gratitude that I am thankful that God is involved in my life. And in, in this, they were to bring an animal. The animals were valued at different uh, prices at different ages and so forth, but they were, it was also their economical system. It was their exchange system. And uh, in verse 15 it says, And the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for thanksgiving shall be eaten the same day that is offered that he shall not leave any of it until the morning. In other words, when this man, this family brought this thanksgiving offering, it was an offering where their priest would show up. Much like ours shows up as we offer up praise, we know he inhabits the praises of his people. And he comes and he fellowships with us. He mends things, he transforms things, all based out of our gratitude towards him and what he has done. And what would happen was these men and women, this family, was to partake of it together with their priest, their high priest that would come and sat down with them that knew their family, knew their ins and outs. He probably was their counselor. He was a director of their life. He explained scriptures to them. He helped uh, iron out family problems. Well, they would sit there and they would eat that with them because their thanksgiving offering was not just a blessing to their priests, but it became a blessing to them. So today, during this Thanksgiving time, we're going to receive a Thanksgiving offering. Uh, you know, uh, some of you are going to give whatever, 500. Some of you are going to give. Last year, I think uh, we had two or three people that gave $50,000. You say, oh, man, how in the world did that happen? It's five, zero, 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 zero. And no, I hope this clears. That's not supposed to be on there. But what we do is we give this Thanksgiving offering. It goes for all types of things. But it is a place where we express our gratitude for what God has done for us. I don't know where I would be without salvation. I don't know where I would be without Jesus receiving me. 
as a sinner. I don't know where I would be if God had not blessed me. And I say this, if you can turn uh, live stream off, had given me a good wife. I don't know where I would be if I had not been doing what I've been doing for the last 20 years preaching around the world or what I'd be doing without being a pastor. I don't know any of those things. But I am grateful for each and every one of them. I'm grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the provision that God has given. There are a thousand things that we can be grateful for. The question today is, what is the value of your gratitude? And so we're going to be talking about that in today's lessons. But if you have your Thanksgiving offering ready, uh, if you'll just stand to your feet, we're going to pray, and uh, we're going to ask God to return this back to you, press down, shaken together, because that's God's nature. Give and it shall be given. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we have purposed in our hearts to give, we've considered God how valuable, how grateful we are for all that we have. And God, we ask today that as men and women are giving thanksgiving offerings, as they're putting voice, a voice and faith to their gratitude, that God, you would give it back to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God certainly... Monetary value is, is little in your eyes. But God, it does express our faith and it does express our thankfulness to what you have done for us in Jesus' name. Now bless every seed that is honoring you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Stand your feet and bring your thanksgiving offering. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate your participating in our Thanksgiving offering. And I know that God sees things that are done behind the scenes and the sacrifices that we cannot give weight to, but we do thank you for that. And God is a rewarder of those that are involved in his kingdom. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Psalms 1, 13, 1 through 3. We're going to be talking about thanksgiving today. I know that we might always think, well, yeah, we're supposed to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for giving me a glass of water. Thank you for that. But I want to speak to you about some things about thanksgiving that I don't think that you may be aware of. It says here, praise ye the Lord. 
That word praise means thanksgiving, uh, acclamations of gratitude. Praise ye, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the Lord's name is to be praised. praised. Amen. Let's try that one more time. Is to be praised. praised. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that is the good deal is that our life is to be at every waking moment we need to have a mindset of gratitude that our source, our provision, even the air that we breathe in him do we live and move and have our being, that we are grateful to God for that. And then I want to go to, as it were, the negative. Let's go to 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. These, uh, well, it says this, Know this also, that in the last days, perilous, that word perilous means dangerous. It will be dangerous to be alive spiritually. It'll be dangerous to be alive physically. We live in a very dangerous world because the world lies in wickedness. And all that man thinks of is wickedness. And it says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers. Notice why. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Somebody say unthankful. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, uh, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort they are they that creep into the house, lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diverse lust, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do also these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But that they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Unthankfulness. Now, when we look at that in the collage of all the things that people are going to fall into because of the wickedness of the world, and we've all been lived, had a, a life of sin, had a life of wickedness, but we have, by the grace of God, had our eyes illuminated, we've been forgiven of our sins, and now we're living for Jesus. But Paul writes to Timothy. Now he writes this as he's getting ready to finish his course. He's getting ready to pass into a new world. He's getting ready to die. He's finished his course. He's completed his race. And henceforth is laid up for him a crown of righteousness. 
And then what he does is he tells Timothy these pertinent truths that you and I are supposed to adhere to and learn from. And what Paul does is he gives Timothy a whole line of things that are connected one to another. They don't stand alone because to be unholy, you would have to have a corrupt mind. Amen? And so all of these words, this collage of the manifestation of wickedness are connected one to another. They can't stand alone. They stand together. But one of them is to be unthankful. So unthankful has a place in a believer's life or an unbeliever's life that it gives us a sign of what we are doing and what we have connected ourselves to. And all these things in this collage of wickedness really lead us up to let us know that when these things are prevalent in our life, that we are being overtaken and deceived by a thing called the Antichrist. This is a world or a group of people dominated by wickedness that are preparing the way for the son of perdition, 2 Timothy, 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter about the son of perdition that will resist everything that is of God. They will resist it openly. And so all of the sons of perdition, all of the sons, all of the people that have given themselves over to the spirit of Antichrist will have little glimpses of these things forming in their life. They're all leading us to a blindness of what the Antichrist is really about. It resists Jesus. It resists his ways, and though they have a form of godliness, they refuse to submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, unthankful. Thankfulness is the result of the influence of the Holy Spirit upon the heart of an individual. Nobody can be thankful unless the Holy Ghost is unveiling to us what Jesus has done, what Jesus has in store for us, or what is about to happen in our life through God's activity. When people become unthankful, their value system is rearranged. Listen, when you and I receive a spirit of ungratefulness and we don't deal with it, ultimately what happens is our value system changes. And when value systems change, things get out of balance. This as this value system changes, it opens a door to the Antichrist, to the attitude, to the thinking, to the verbalization, and any activity of actions of thankfulness. It strips people of gratitude. Sometimes we forget where we've come from. I don't know about you, I was a sinner. 
Now, I might not have been one of the top ten, but I was in the list somewhere. And I was a sinner. I was a good one, praise God. I, I practiced just like I do my Christianity, full-fledged. Amen. If I'm going to hell, I was going to hell. And if I'm going to heaven, I'm going to heaven. But the lack of thanksgiving becomes the foundation of a spiritual transformation. Please listen to me. Might seem like big words. They aren't. The transformation of a government-ruled life that is ordered by God. Listen to what I just said. When your value system is rearranged, then what happens, that unthankfulness begins to set in motion attitudes, thinking, verbalization, and actions that lead to an overthrow of the government of God in a human being's life. And believe me, it can happen, and it can happen very quickly. Romans 127 said it this way. It says that although when they knew God, they did not acknowledge Him as God, but were unthankful. And because of their unthankfulness, they begin to get vain imagination. What did they do? They replaced the government of God with the government of nature. And listen, I love nature, but God is about mankind, not just about nature. Could again an amen. I love the whales, but whales are not going to be saved. I'm not even going to say among with dogs and cats because everybody gets freaky. Because somebody preached a message sometime, do all dogs go to heaven? Well, if they're saved, yeah. And, uh, you know, so do dogs get saved? No. All right. So, but moving right along. So, what we have to understand is that the government of our life can be replaced by the value system that we allow to reign in our life. And know this, you are the one that is at the helm of the decisions that you're making. Amen? And so, just think of this. If you are losing your mindset, your attitude, your thinking, your verbalization, your actions of thanksgiving, what's happening is there is an overthrow of the government of God taking place. Wake up. It is taking place. Grunted the Lutherans. Could it get an amen? Listen, when we see these things in our life, understand that they have to be dealt with. If you find leaven in the house, get it out. Amen? And so we have to make sure that we don't allow the government of God to be overruled. Now, let's go to Psalms 50 and verse 17. We're going to read from 17 to 23. But this tells us what the absence of thankfulness does in our lives. Seeing that thou hatest instruction 
and castest my words behind thee. Notice the overthrow of a God government into the hands of self-governed people. God doesn't, uh, is not against man's thinking, but he's against man's thinking when it opposes him. And it says this, when thou sawest a thief, then thou consented with him and hast been partakers with adulteries. Notice the exchange of government. Notice the exchange of lifestyle. And then it says this, Thou givest thy mouth to evil, and thy tongue frameth deceit. Thou sittest and, spread and speakest against thy brother, thou slanderest thine own mother's son. These things hast thou done, and I kept silent. Thou knowest that I altogether such an one as, my, as thy Self. In other words, God says, you think I'm like you. I'm not like you. I'm God. I'm God. And then he says this, but I will reprove thee and set them in order before thine eyes. Now consider this, ye that forget God. Ye that become unthankful. Least I tear you in pieces, and there be no or be none to deliver. Whoso offereth, what's this? Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Notice those little words in that last verse. Can I have that on the screen? Whoso offereth up praise or thanksgiving unveils God, not only to the world, but to himself. And so the whole thing is this. There is a whole list from 17 down to 22 of people that refuse to serve God or to give God praise or to glorify him and they live out of their own merit, their own will. And God says, listen to me, I will destroy you. Now I tell you that you need to be grateful that your value system can be right, that the government of my word can rule your life, and that you can be safe in the earth today. Now God is telling us, that we need to make sure that we are people of praise, people of thanksgiving. Could I get an amen? From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, the name of the Lord shall be praised. We are to be people of praise. Everything that we have has come from God. Nothing that we have has come from us. Now, Hebrews 13, 14 could I have that? Hebrews 13, 14 through 17 says these words, and we are familiar with verse 15, but we're going to start in verse 14. From here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him, therefore, let us offer up 
the sacrifice of praise, that word praise, thanksgiving, to God continue. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto God's name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Next verse. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, that they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable to you. Notice what it says. It says, look, we are looking for another world. We are looking for a city whose maker is not man. It is His maker is God. How do we keep on course? By offering up the sacrifices of praise. This is an eternal thing that is released in the evidence of praise and thanks. People can see it, but it comes from the inward man. The Bible says in Mark, in Matthew, the 12th chapter, that we speak with the abundance of our heart. And if thanksgiving is leaving our life or is not a priority in our life, what is being replaced in your heart? Something is happening. Could it get an amen? Absolutely. And then it goes on to say this, and obey them that have rule over you. What is that? That's spiritual government. That's spiritual government. In other words, we need to protect the path that we're walking in. We're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. We do that by making sure that we are constantly offering up sacrifices that are pleasing to God, that have to do with thanksgiving, gratitude, and graciousness of our heart for what God has done for us. And then out of that, what we begin to see is that then we establish or keep forth in our life the government of God. The government of God. You would not think that thankfulness has to do with the government of God. But when your child says, Daddy, thank you for that cookie, he's saying, thank you for being my provider. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for having arms longer than mine. Thank you, Daddy, for overriding Mom's will. Thank you, Dad, for making me a sugar kid. Look, all of these things are taking place in our life. When we are grateful, somebody say grateful. Again, this shows that one of the things in our life has to do with our attitude, our thinking, our verbiage, as well as our actions. We as Christians need to make sure that we are grateful to God. Grateful to God. Then I asked myself this question this morning about 4 o'clock. Why do people stop being thankful? You know, you ever run into a new Christian? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Hey, how glory to God. Jesus. Hey, hallelujah. Okay. I'm going to the bathroom. Oh, praise God. Thank God I can. Hallelujah. God made a way. Okay. Uh, you know, you know, finding a French fry on the 
floor of McDonald's is like a God intervention. And, 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 but then as we grow, there are things that start working to overthrow the government of God, which has to do with being seated in thankfulness from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. That is government. That is God's rule for our life. And we are to be thankful in all things. Could I get an amen? Because thankfulness reveals to us that our value system is located in God and not in people. You know, I've had people over the years come to church and say, well, you know, I just can't praise the Lord with that lady over there. You need to get saved. You, you, you need to get your mind renewed. If a person can steal your praise, your thanksgiving, your acclamations about God, then there is something very shallow about you. Hello, very shallow about you. Well, you know, I used to be so happy, and then, then, you know, my wife and I started fighting. Let me go back to square 101. Your wife is not greater than God, and she can rule you by her emotionalism, by her chicken henpecking or whatever it is. If she can control you, then you need to suck it up, pull up your pants, and start being a man of God. People cannot affect you unless you allow them to affect you. You can steal a lot of things, but let it not be our thanksgiving, our gratitude to God. Amen? Too many of us are quick to get sad, depressed, despondent, unengaged, all because of somebody else. What are you going to do when the devil shows up, honey? Let me ask you again. What are you going to do when the devil shows up? If your neighbors are doing that to you, how easy a prey are you to the devil? Well, so-and-so made me mad. Yeah, you made me mad Tell me the story. Because we shouldn't be repeating a matter. I mean, look, everybody can blame the game. Stop. We are more than mere mortal men. We are uncommon. We are born from beneath and we are born from above. And we have a nature of God in us. And we are unoffendable because Christ lives in us and we live in Him. Be thankful. Don't let some, we sing that song. Ain't no rock going to cry out in my place. We don't mean that at all. We mean at any given time a rock could take my place because I have none. Yeah. On any given day, listen to the believer beside you. Are they singing? Are they looking around? Are they complaining? Are they waiting to complain? What, what? Come on, we're in the house of God to a God that shed his blood for us in Acts the 20th chapter. And our brothers and sisters are not our enemies, but if they are invoking our flesh, our flesh is our enemy, not our opposition. 
Phyllis may get mad and act like a devil, but I know it's not the devil. I know it's just Phyllis. I just got to get over it. Amen. So listen, we have got to have faith in God. And praise and thanksgiving is one of the languages of faith. So here it tells us that we need to make sure that we don't get unthankful. One of the reasons that people get unthankful is they forget. You ever forget how miserable you were before you got saved? I'm not talking about how miserable you made yourself now. I'm talking about how miserable you were when you were unsaved. Can you be thankful that Jesus saved you? Can you be thankful that your sins have been washed away? Can you be thankful for the end of your life when you stand before him to receive a crown of righteousness, shouldn't that be enough gratitude to overcome every other problem that people are causing? Shouldn't it be? Why in the world can we get so depressed, discouraged, sad, joyless, songless, unfaithful, uncommitted, just because somebody said something that we didn't like. We are not men to be manipulated by emotionalism. We live by faith and not by sight. Could he get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. And so one of the first things that I found on my list was this. We forget. But the Bible says in Psalms 103, forget not all of his benefits. It is the same God that forgiveth thee of all thine iniquities. It is the same God that healeth all thy diseases. It is the same God that gives you victory out of every struggle. Let us not forget that God is not like you and I. We sleep, we get up and down, we get discouraged, we get disappointed, we're sad, we're glad, we like people one moment and hate them the next moment. What is that? That's schizophrenic Christianity. That's half devil and half you. Let's just hope it doesn't go all the way to you. Why? Because the devil's easier to deal with than disgruntled people. You can reason with the devil. Send me over into those pigs. You can't reason with disgruntled Christians. Moving right along. Hallelujah. They're like in-laws. There's just no reasoning among them. All right. <laughs> We need never to forget God. The Bible said, don't forget that when you get blessed and walk in my goodness, that you don't think that it is your own power that hath gotten you this wealth. Amen. Folks, let's not forget 
who our source is. Let's not forget about what our goal is to see a city. Let's not forget what we need to do to keep our focus on the goal. Sacrifice of praise. Let us not forget that we are to be ruled by God and not by our emotions and other people. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I just had a, a scary thought. One time I had a lady come in to a church right after church. She said, oh, Pastor, I got something terrible to tell you. I said, okay, what is it? And I had just bought this car, this Corvette, 1977 Corvette for $4,000. Just got a great deal on it. The guy just needed to get rid of it. And I talked Phyllis into borrowing the money. And, and, and it was great, except the woman ran into the Corvette with no insurance. She's like only one of the six tithers you got in your church. What are you going to do, yell at her? <laughs> Work out a financial plan. <laughs> so anyway, I sent it over and got it fixed and all that kind of stuff. And the guy that fixed it had gotten saved from the time he took the car to the time that he returned it, and he did it free. Wasn't that wonderful? Yeah. Except that when Phyllis said, honey, I want to take your car up and get some bread at the store. I said, Phyllis, please don't do that. Oh, ain't nobody going to hit, hit your car. So here comes the next report on my car. Honey, can you come outside and look at your car? So I go out and then they had the, the rubber bumper, rubber nose. So I don't know what Phyllis is thinking rubber on steel does, but it just cracks. She said, honey, I didn't mean to. I said, I don't think the first lady meant to. But we got through that, and we're still married. So let's realize that God is the one that is involved in our life. The second thing I want to bring out is this. Familiarity. Have we got so familiar with the presence of God that we can come in and out of it and not be changed? Shouldn't it be that God inhabits the praises of his people? Well, I didn't feel anything. Then get out of the way. Don't blame it on me. He's all over me. Goosebumps are on me. Man, I could have goose season. But listen, you got to realize that when you praise God with all you got, then God responds with what he's got. And so whatever it takes, get involved in giving thanksgiving. The third thing is, stop leaning to your own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Stop choosing your way over God's way. God gave his self to bring life to you and I. These are the ways of life. This is the word of life. It would behoove us to give it great weight 
and that we would find out what God said before we decide to say anything. Amen. Ephesians 5, 17 through 21 says this. Be filled, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, one of the great ploys of the enemy is to get you so empty of God that you start saying things like this. I don't feel the Lord. Well, he's everywhere. I don't know why you don't. Well, well, I just don't. Stop dealing with don'ts. Get out of yourself and know that God is with you. Get yourself filled back up, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. It doesn't matter what you sound like. What matters is, what is your purpose? And so, let's make sure that we are doing our part to stay full. And there are a lot of things in this world that are seeking to deplete you. Some of us are like my truck. My truck on any given day has a low tire. Now, I'm not saying it's David's fault, but after having all the tires checked and new ones put on, they still go flat. How does a new tire go flat? Because David is involved. I don't know. First, and maybe I got an a air devil or something. I don't, I don't know. First, it's the front tire. Then it's the back tire. Then it's this back tire. Then it's that tire. Then, you know, I got a leak here, a leak there, a leak everywhere, everywhere. Old McDonald had a farm. I'm telling you that those things happen, and some of us just have leaks everywhere. Stop leaking. Amen? Stop leaking. I remember we was in... Uh, Russia, Brother Bud and I, and, and a little boy came up and his, his mother pointed to him and said, he can't leak. I said, what? He, he, he no leak. I'm thinking, well, put a needle in him, leak him. What, what does he no leak? Well, he could not urinate. So we prayed for him that night, and next time she came back, she said, oh, he leak everywhere. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. Plug the leak up or let the leak go. Hallelujah. So we as Christians, somebody say we as Christians, have got to make sure that we are grateful. Psalms 56, 12 through 13. We need to be grateful for the deliverance from death. It's called salvation. It's called salvation. Come on, we thank God. We ought to be thankful we're saved. Hallelujah. We ought to be thankful we're saved. I was looking for a way out of sin, and I'm not looking for a way to let it back in. Psalms 116, 17. We need to praise God from deliverance 
from sickness. Yes, we've been healed, but I'm fighting. Keep on fighting and keep on praising. Psalms 23, we need to start thanking God for provision. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hey, come on, he leadeth me beside still water, besides green pasture. He restoreth my soul. He's prepared a table in the midst of mine enemy. Come on, God is on our side. Amen? We ought to be thankful. Psalm 66, 11 through 14. We need to praise God for expected answers. When you pray, what is your faith response? Boy, I hope God heard me. Then don't pray. If you believe that God heard you, then set up thanksgiving. Begin to set up praise. I was thinking that, you know, over the years I let this slip. You know, we ought to have days of thanksgiving in our household. Just like we have days of fasting. Days of prayer. Work days. We ought to have days that we just declare to our family, our children, our in-laws, hey, could you guys come over? We're going to eat today and have lunch together, and, and we're just going to begin to thank God for some of the great things that he's done for us. That he's done for us. Look at Ray. Ray, can you stand up for a moment? Don't you have a pig's heart in you? No, it's a cow. A cow? He got a cow vow. Do you give milk now? Okay. Are your children thankful that you're mooing instead of growing flowers? There you go. How many of you women are thankful for your husbands being changed? Maybe you just filled your house up with praise and started thanking that he'd been changed and he'd start thanking God that he'd been changed, that he might get changed. How about just a day where all we do is thank God for everything that he's done for us and we write it down. We just write it down and say, this is what God hath done. You know, we say, look what the Lord hath done. Well, God has done a lot. We need to be thankful. We need to be filled with praise. And if you haven't gotten yourself filled with praise then start finding things that God said about you. Start thanking God for how he thinks about you. You know, God loves me. Against all of the popular opinions, God still loves me. He took my side. Now, you and I need to stay filled with God. And we need to start praising God. I am thankful. What are you thankful for today? I'm thankful for my home, my wife, my children, my grandchildren. I'm thankful for what they do do, which is very little, and what they don't do which is a whole lot. 
I'm thankful for many of my friends. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that we are in partnership together, taking the gospel to the world. Eric, where's Eric? Come here, Eric. Uh Uh-oh. You know, Eric, Eric, he he never does nothing wrong, wrong. How many people, Eric, in the last two months have we preached to and won to Jesus? Uh, Pastor, you have ministered to probably close to 200 million people uh, on worldwide live television, (laughs) just like you would see like an ABC, NBC, 8 p.m. That's what we've been broadcasting all around the world. Uh, the salvation totals are a little hard to ascertain, but guesstimates are probably between four and 500,000 people have come to Christ. We were just in a Pakistani uh, remote village. Remote village. We had 90 people yeah, up on roofs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, literally. This is had people. about 90 people on top of the roofs and everything. Yeah. Uh, how many they say they got saved? Uh, I think close to 80% pastor received Christ as a person. Uh, close to 100 plus people or so. And that's just in a little village. I don't know if they've ever seen the TV screen. There was a, a woman there that had broken her shoulder. Right. And it had never got healed. So she lived with a broken shoulder. Right. But during that crusade, that 45 minutes that we prayed, God healed that woman's shoulder. And she was going around showing everybody in the village how yeah. God had touched her. Yeah. And there were, there were like 70 miracle testimonies from that one service. 70, 70 miracle testimonies from an attendance of 90 people. Amen. I am thankful. I don't know anybody else that is doing it besides the people, the men that we are associated with, that we are encouraging to do. But I am thankful that even though I can't turn a computer on, which is the truth, that's why I have an iPad. And that iPad comes on when I touch it. Sometimes when I throw it, it comes on and Alexis or Siri is saying, be careful, be careful. And if you've ever heard me talk to Siri, I'm kind of like, Siri, have you ever thought about killing yourself? She says, no. I said, well, I've thought about it a thousand times. And she said, really? Yes. If I could find out her phone number or her place of residence, all of you'd be talking to somebody else besides Siri. My Siri is on menopause half the time. She says stuff I didn't even say. Now, I'm thankful that God had me born in this time, this age, associated with people just like you. We are thankful one to another. We are thankful that the Holy Ghost dwells on the inside of us. We are thankful that he leads us by his spirit. We are thankful that he gives us peace that passes all understanding. We are thankful. Think of this young lady that Who could get over the death of two children? Only God could do that. But if he did it for her, I know that no matter what tragedy comes my way, he'll do it for me.
Amen? Let's stand our feet today. <coughs> Every head bowed. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God wants to fill your heart with rejoicing, with praise. He wants you to experience freedom of sin, salvation. And he wants you to experience the joy of it. He wants to fill you with thanksgiving. If you are here today and you are not a Christian, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, maybe you're what they call a backslider. Once were one place and just slid back somewhere and that's just where you've been. It doesn't matter. We're not here to find out why, judge why, or anything else. We're just here to offer you the gift of God, His only begotten Son. Only He can do it. Only He can save a soul. Only He can mend a life. If you're here today, as we sing that song, uh, gardens, as we sing this song, if you're here today, you don't know Jesus Christ, you're here today and to say, you know, I just need to renew my vow to Jesus. Whatever state that you're in, I want you to quickly, as we sing this song, get out of your seat and come down here and let me pray a prayer with you. And let us see what God will do with your broken life. Please come as they start singing. Wherever you are, come on, hallelujah. Praise God. John, will you come up and pray to this young man? Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't see you over there. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody. Give Jesus a round of applause. Go with him. He's going to pray with you, man. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm, to darkness. Can we sing that again? I just kind of like it. Turn God into darkness. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I do believe in the impartation of the Holy Ghost. As God took the Spirit off of Moses and put it up on 70 men, I believe that. As the Spirit of Elijah went to Elisha, I believe in the transference. And so, I believe in the transference of joy of gifts of callings because Paul told Timothy that which was given you by the laying on of hands of the presbytery so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to ask our altar workers some of our leaders here I'm going to ask you to come down here and I want you to pray for people that come down today and I want you to pray that God would restir their thanksgiving. That God would awaken them, awaken them to how important being thankful is. So that we don't allow the enemy to erode the seat of the kingdom of God in our life. Amen? Let's keep our attitudes, let's keep our thinking our verbiage, as well as our actions lined up with gratitude. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, Father, I pray for every individual here today, and I lose God just what you said, blessing, that if I would bless God, they'd be blessed. And God, I lose blessing upon them. I lose blessing, God, upon their homes, their businesses. I lose blessing, God, upon their steps being ordered of you. Keep them, God, in the ways of righteousness. And God, we ask you to strengthen them, encourage them, ignite their faith in ways never been ignited before. Let their doubts die, God, the death of death. And God, we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. And don't forget... Wednesday night is now Tuesday night. It's Tuesday night, turkey night. So we have church on Tuesday night, and so we can prepare turkey on a Wednesday night, I guess. All righty, God bless you. See you Tuesday night. Hey, live streamers, we're so glad that you could join us today. Be sure to check out all of our social media platforms, and we can't wait to see you next time.